Good evening and welcome to the AV Forums Movies Podcast on Monday, the 3rd of April, 2023. Um, tonight, I am not Kaz Harlow, as you may have noticed. Hooray! <laughs> so we're going to have a party. Are uh, you Tom, though? You look slightly different. Yes, I have been replaced by a younger clone of Tom, just like what happens <laughs> In that Star Trek movie that we might talk about <laughs> later. Nice. <laughs> that segue. Uh, tonight I am joined, of course, by Simon Crust. Make it so. And this old guy. <laughs> Evening all. Mark Costello. Hello. Good evening. Hello. 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 Apparently it is nearly first contact day. Um, I am a massive nerd, so I would like... But I I don't keep track of these things. But according to other people, it's a new first contact day. Terrible. So we are going to be talking about some Star Trek y type things this evening. So you've got that to look forward to, especially as I think, do we all have now a copy of the TNG movies in 4K in our possession? Yes. Yes, it arrived this afternoon. Ah, so we will talk a little bit about that and maybe do... show and tell. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, if we can do some show and tell if you've got it mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. We could we can all like show our identical group. <laughs> oh no, mine, mine's downstairs. Wait. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> mine's in the other room. I, I'm not I'm not. It's fine. We'll just see Simon's. It's okay. Um We'll do as well, I think, maybe a little bit of a roundup on um, late stage Picard season three, because mm-hmm. we are in the end game. Yeah. And it has, we'll talk about it later, but it has yes. continued yeah, yeah, yeah. to be passable. Um, <laughs> so, yes, if if you don't give a damn about Star Trek, please stick around anyway, because we're also going to be looking at the amazing uh, second site uh, release of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 4K. Mm-hmm. Boy, yes. oh boy, cannot wait for that. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to look at the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. Hurrah! Which, if you're watching, you can see a screen capture of it behind me. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can. Current competitions. Let's talk about competitions. Would you like to talk to us right. about competitions, Mark? Uh, uh, well, you know me, Tom. I always love to talk to you about competitions. So in honour of uh, First Contact Day, we've got a couple of special comps going with Star Trek The Next Generation 4 movie collection on 4K up for grabs, as well as Star Trek Strange New World Season 1 on, I believe that's regular, boring old 1080p blue. Uh, in addition, we've got Criterion's April and March Blu-rays, uh, as well as 4K compos for the City of Lost Children, Virgin Suicides, and the superb limited edition box set of Martin. Uh, those last few are all supporter exclusives, by the way. Uh, plus, we've still got a couple of standard competitions for Studio Canal and Lionsgate entries in last month's top 10 Blu-ray countdown to win. Uh, so if any of those tickle your proverbial fancy, head over to avforums.com forward slash competitions to enter. And as ever, all competitions are open to eligible AV Forums members resident in the UK. Thank you very much. You're more than welcome. What about some people who have won some stuff? There's not uh, many. No, uh, we uh, just well, well. To be fair, I think there's a lot, but we're only going to because in the in the issue uh, we have brevity going on. We're going to talk about Plum Bob Mummy, 
nice won vengeance on blu-ray while uh star supporter the thing wnn won the cursed films from shudder season one on blu-ray so well done to them and well done to everyone else who's won compose over the last couple of weeks thank you very much and uh tell us what you think of those when you get them you guys because i uh I'm interested to hear your thoughts. We're all interested to hear your thoughts yes. on the things that you win for free. That's why you should uh, sign up and become a supporter of AV Forums. You get access to all these competitions. And you're basically, at some point, guaranteed to win. You're also Not a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about what's been gone on the cinema uh, the last couple of weeks. Um here in the running order, it says we should talk about John Wick Chapter 4. Yes. Have, have you seen it, Simon? That, that's a film. Have you Ooh. seen it, Mark? Uh, no. I also haven't seen it. Hooray. I imagine Keanu Reeves punches and or shoots a man. So, five <laughs> or stars. <men>. Or men. <laughs> Several, I would hazard a guess. Yes. So, uh, go yeah. on. I was yes, going to say, stylized oh. music and very pretty lights. So only Kaz. Where is Kaz, by the way? How dare he not be here? He's he's learning how to be an Avenger in Disneyland Paris. Oh, he is. The Lord and Master is strapped on some Iron Man gloves. And he is the only one who has seen Wick Chapter 4. Yeah. Disgraceful. It does look like... Um, I have seen the screen grab that has been going around of Scott Adkins in a fat suit. That's quite exciting. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see him if he still moves like Scott Adkins in that suit. <laughs> He's got to. It's gonna be. It's gonna be genius. That's it's the only like, thing that I'm gonna watch it for. It, it's like the reverse problem of the Irishman with the uh, uh, with, with the young faces on the doddery old bodies. It's gonna be like the opposite of that, isn't it? It's gonna be. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah. Uh, so moving on from that, please do <laughs> do go to the website because Cows has written a, a comprehensive review and um, he thoroughly enjoyed it. I think um, it's one of those movies where if you have liked any John Wick movie, I'm sure you will get a lot out of this. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, go and go and check out Cows's words that he's done, written down, and published on that there internet because um, they're good. How about then something that at least two of us have seen? The Dungeons and the Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Oh, The Dungeons and the Dragons, yes. Mark, tell us about it. You, oh. you saw it. Yes, I did see it. Uh, and I think anyone who saw the trailer had instantly got the measure of what the film was going for. It is Game of Thrones uh, meets Guardians of the Galaxy. Without know. the boobies. <laughs> So yeah, I was, I was just thinking there, what boobies were in Guardians of the Galaxy and then realised it, it was the other one. Yes. I mean, uh, it, it's it, it's Batista's boobies. That's the boobies that are in Guardians of the Galaxy. Let, let, let's get off the boobies. <laughs> There's no boobies in Dungeons and Dragons, kids. Uh, but anyway, this Dungeons and Dragons, yes. It, now, I've, I have absolutely no skin in the game when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons. I've never played the game. I've survived the 2000 film although to be fair i what i remember of it it, it was quite chortlesome uh as those who can see tom's screen grab will attest to uh but this uh it was everything you could imagine having sat through the two-minute trailer it is fairly generic fantasy plotting 101 uh a a good looking but down on his look 
charming thief and his barbarian BFF are hoodwinked, hoodwinked, I tell you, uh, on a scam to steal an ancient relic from a ancient tomb type thing somewhere in some ancient world somewhere or other. Would it be uh, in a dungeon, perhaps? N- no. No. Oh, very wrong there, Simon. Uh, so it's things need to be got so that something else can happen, so that something else can happen, so that something else can happen. It is your typical, uh, you know, quest type movie. Now, what what doesn't help that along here is that the look of the entire film is also a little bit bland for me. There's no there's no real visual personality or, or you know striking character notes about it. It looks about as generic as the plot is. However, what absolutely saves the film for me is its uh, witty tone. It's irreverent cast of characters who all seem to be having an absolute whale of a time. Uh, and it's just super fun, super charming. It won't stick in your brain five minutes after you've left the cinema. But if you want a couple of hours good time in the cinema, yeah, this this pretty much ticks all the boxes. So I expected it to be far worse than it was. What about you, Tom? I, I suspect, Tom, you may have a slightly different opinion. Do you know what? I don't. I think... <laughs> For the first time in history, perhaps, I, I basically agree with every word you've said, Mark. It's like, the sky, is the sky falling? <laughs> oh, it's the end of the days. It's, um, I, I have been a D&D player in my youth, so now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and there are some nods to um, D&D, but it's mostly like name-checking. It all of the references to Dungeons and Dragons are basically inconsequential um, Easter eggs. It, it could be any generic fantasy movie. There is very little about it that makes it like definitely recognizable as something that's come from Dungeons and Dragons. The only the only thing so is the name check. So they come even if you're not like a, a role player. If you played video games in the 90s and early 2000s, mm. um, the crew come from Icewind Dale through Baldur's Gate to Neverwinter. So if you're a video game player of any kind, you you may recognize some of those names, which is quite nice. Um, and there are th- silly things in there, like there's an owl bear, which is uh, one of the one of the sort of mascotty bad guys for for Dungeons and Dragons. No. Beholder, which is uh, the monster that probably most people associate with it, which is just like the big eye monster, the floating head with hundreds of eyes. Like that's not in it, unfortunately. I was waiting for that. Crazy, very silly. But um, yeah, the only the only definitely D and D aspect that they that they captured quite nicely was um, within the band of thieves. There are very clearly class um classes represented so the druid the wizard the bard the barbarian it so that's quite nice and and they do a good job of giving it like the kind of levity that you might have if you were playing dungeons and dragons and you weren't that invested in it um which is how i used to play it which is quite nice so i i sort of identified with it 
but as I was watching it, that sort of led me to think like, ah, is this movie just aimed at me? Which is <laughs> fine if it is, but if no. it is, I'm I'm still only probably giving it six or seven out of ten. So I, I don't know how successful as a venture it's going to oh, be. No, well, I mean, well, I think we know how successful it was with the uh, opening weekend's box office numbers. Uh, the answer is not very. I think it was was it thirty eight and a half million, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah it wasn't. I mean, it, it was in line with predictions. I think they were predicting a forty million, so it's not far off. But I mean, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because, like you said, it's fans of the game franchise. You know, are serious mega fans. And how do you pitch a film to appeal to the broadest spectrum of the audience, the vast majority of which will not be those diehard fans, and end up appeasing both? So, I mean, what's interesting, Tom, is you still had quite an okay time with it, and you're at the fan end of the spectrum, as opposed to myself, who can't even spell D&D, and still ended up having just as good a time with it. But, I, I mean, I think... Thinking about it, and you know, I, I mean, I know I said you don't think about it five minutes after you, uh, you know, leave the cinema, but I was, I saw a lot of the negative reports that came out over the, the weekend about it, sadly. You know, some of it was to do with the box office. Then again, you had all the usual stuff about um, a, a very poor quote from the film's directors about enjoying emasculating their leading men, which was said in jest, but has led to the uh, claims of woke against the film and all this kind of stuff, which I didn't pick up on at all. No, uh, it's not. It's just it's just dumb fun. It's it, a couple it's, of hours of dumb fun, which that, is okay. That's exactly it. But, but I, I have to say, I mean, I super charming Chris Pine. I mean, I, I loved him as Prince Charming in Into the Woods. Uh, I, I have a lot of time for his Kirk. Uh, and he was just, he was on great form, but he played really well off Michelle Rodriguez in this. And those two as a double act, you know, they, they had a little bit of everything. Rodriguez gets by far and away the best fight choreography. And some of it is absolutely insane. You know, it wouldn't be out of place in the latest Wick film. Uh, but it, it is, it's that chemistry. It's the charisma that, that the cast brought. Uh, uh, Regé Jean, what's his surname? I never, I can never pronounce it. Regé Jean Page. There you go. I, I see he's been quite divisive, but I had, I had, I thought he was, he was, he brought a very different kind of fun to the group uh, and, and added an awful lot to them. Uh, and and that's what you go for with this film. You don't go for the immense dragons. The finale, the set piece that takes place in the third act was actually really quite well done. Uh, I, as a fan of the 80s animated series, almost wet myself when I saw the nice little nod to the animated TV show in there. Uh, and, and, and you know, the entire sort of fan, like normally these things are the, are the bits that disappoint, but I actually thought it it was put together really well. It had the excitement, it had thrills. But you you come away having enjoyed spending time with that cast and those characters, not having spent time in a living, breathing fantasy world. But uh, yeah, I, I, I still enjoyed it far more than I thought I would. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy right at the beginning and you... While watching it, you cannot escape. You <laughs> yeah. cannot escape the the fact that this is a fantasy version of Guardians of the Galaxy. Like it almost feels, um, 
it almost feels cheeky how closely mm. it hues to that to that first mm. Guardians movie. Um, right down to you, you can almost pinpoint character transpositions and like, oh, yeah. that character would say that and that and and sort of about two thirds of the way through, that sort of fatigued me a bit. I I felt a bit like it, it was kind of low effort. I think that's probably that's probably the worst thing that you can say about it is that it is occasionally low hanging fruit, um, but because it's low hanging, they pick it quite easily and you move on and it, it's yes. okay and and it works well enough for yeah. for what they're trying to do. Um, oh, abs- absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. A strong, well, no, not a strong, but a, a solid uh, seven yeah. out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna it's not i mean i was gonna say it's not gonna kick off a new franchise but no. the original one kicked off a franchise of sorts because didn't uve ball uh oh, oh, I don't do know um oh what well, was there, it called there, there, there were two others so, there were there were two dtv follow-ups oh wait no did did he make the dungeon siege movie rather than uh, the... yes yes okay. he did the dungeon siege movie that's okay. right and the okay. blood rain movie and oh dear me <laughs> but there, but there were a couple of, of yeah of follow-ups to the to the 2000 yeah. movie dtv only though i think was, was statham in one no yes yeah, yes was, yes i think it was yeah yeah blimey Good times. <laughs> there we go. There's there's a franchise binge if ever there was one. <laughs> you should go back and watch the watch the the one from two thousand. No, I, I will. I it's, will. I'm, I'm going to. Just so much fun. Like Richard O'Brien is it? Tom Tom Baker is in it. Jimmy Olsen, nineties mm. Jimmy Olsen is in it. Uh, it's um yeah, it's. It's terrible, mean, but what's bizarre is I remember exactly going to the cinema to see it. I think I saw it around the same time as bloody space truckers or some other such <laughs> nonsense <laughs> like that. But yes, no, I, I am actually looking forward to, to going back just for uh Jeremy Irons chewing chewing the furniture. So and there is a really bizarre um a talented Mr. Ripley joke. In in the movie as well, which it just sticks out like a sore thumb. Well, it, let's uh, face it: if, you, if you're gonna aim, if you're gonna aim high, aim high brow. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> quality. Yeah. So yes, kids, go and see Dungeons and Dragons. They need their money. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. And Chris Pine is a nice guy, or he seems I like, like a nice guy. Pine. I like and, Chris Pine. I wasn't convinced when he started being Kirk. I I was not on board. I thought he was rubbish uh, until like Beyond. I quite liked him in Star Trek Beyond, but as I was watching uh, Dungeons and Dragons, I just couldn't get on my head William Shatner. So he's clearly <laughs> like now he's nailed it. He's got he's got it. He should, of they, shat. Nice. Yeah, they should bring him back for a fourth Star Trek movie. I'll watch that. I'm the only person who would, maybe. No, I would watch it. I would watch it. I like be anyway. No, that's we'll save that. Save that. Well, do you know what? Let's let's move on to it immediately. Let's oh, let's because on. we've we've exhausted what's going on at the cinema. Um, yes, and we have no interest in talking about the family fair that has been uh, released for Easter. Good lord, that looks like dross. The the mummies and the egg story movie. No, let's don't, move on. Don't from that. see that. No. Uh, there, but there is Star Trek a coming. 
if you have if you have pre-ordered it, you've probably got it today, as all of us seem to have done. Um, and Simon has had it for a couple of days now. I got it on Saturday morning. Lucky swine. Yes. Yes. So I've managed to watch all four of the films. Um, The written reviews will probably be up tomorrow, whether or not they go live. They may go on early early access for a little while. Um, So, yes, but we we will talk about them now, um, I think, don't you? Yeah, let's, let's give us. Yeah, let's have yeah, your let's, your let's, first let's, thoughts. There's going to be a little bit of show and tell now, so apologies for those who are not watching and are just listening. The first I, thing I, I want attempt to, do, to describe what the I first thing I want to put mean. up is is this set here. So is this is the Blu-ray laptop. set, <laughs> the 2009 Blu-ray set um, of the Next Generation films. Now, just have a look at that cover there. I know it's a bit shiny. Um, you can see my camera and chair ref- mm. <laughs> reflected. Maybe if I take it out. No, of it's the nice. It's clean. If I take it's it out of the plastic. El- I mean, there you it's go. elegant. Very How's elegant. That? That, is, that is a nice looking box, isn't it? it There's is. the films in there, completely black, like the blackness of night. And there you go. Now we come to the, the new set. Look at that dog's dinner. I mean, how ugly is that? Just doesn't do anything for me whatsoever. It, do you know what it is? It, it's it's the studios stealthily and subliminally forcing us to buy the individual releases at an inflated price. That's what it is. You think you look actually how take money if you buy them set. individually, don't you? Well, yeah, and... nineteen ninety nine each, and this is eighty quid. So you save well, like four and... pence by buying them. That and it's just part of the ongoing trend to put as many faces on the cover of a yeah. film as humanly possible. It, but it's not even good artwork, cover. is it? It's no, just no. awful. I really, I'm, I don't like it at all. Look at Geordie, my God. <laughs> <laughs> not like this set. This is pretty damn fine. This is... That's not Star Trek, Simon. <laughs> no, no, but it's as good, isn't it? Doctor Who playing at the same time. Come on. And Tom Sea Devils with an Atmos track. How cool would that be? Come on. The Sea Devils with oh. an Atmos track. So, Simon, when is your review of the outer box art going up? <laughs> <laughs> Four out of ten. Too many. Oh, absolutely. Heads. Absolutely. So, I mean, look, so here's here's the set here. This is the this is the the new four uh, 4K set here. Um it's got in this is hard cardboard, this thing. Um, and then you've got the two uh, the two desks uh, disc sets inside. Uh, this is the 4K one. This is the Blu-ray. They're exactly the same. Um, there's four discs in each. If I open it up, you can see there are four discs. One, two, three. Oh, and four. nice! They're not stacked. Brilliant. Nope. So they're all, all individual. And what what I find quite interesting. Let's look at the certificates. So PG for generations. Mm. You've got first contact as a twelve. Insurrection is a PG, and 12 for Nemesis. And yet the set, the whole set, is a 15. Maybe there's a swear in a making yeah, of. Yeah, it'll be the making of. That's what of. it is. That's cool. exactly what it is. The Generations Blu-ray is the 15 certificate. So that this, this Blu-ray set here costs these being a whole 15 set. Um, set. So, interesting. Yes, no, no, of course it's not. <laughs> Moving on. So we have four films. Generations was the first film. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say as well. Yes, they, the, the Blu-ray set 2009 was um, 
a horrible, horrible picture. I don't know if you guys, you might, you guys must have seen it. It was yeah. DNR, it was edge enhancement, it was it was smeary. It was just a nasty, nasty picture. Very, very poorly treated. Um, and so Paramount have gone back to the um, original. If you can believe the internet, of course, it's where I get my information from. Um, <laughs> has a new uh, 4K scan and interpositive scan. So. Um, of all the all the all four films, and I think I can believe that because the pictures are immeasurably better. Nice. They are immeasurably better. Have you guys seen any of them yet? I only Not- watched First Contact. Um, okay, no. but it's yeah, it looks beautiful, especially Absolutely. the 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 Dolby Vision on it as well as the yep. the crispness of it, and and it it just looked like. It looks like the best memory you have of it, which is so nice. It's exactly what you want from, yeah, from I, a film I agree like this. Um, so, so if we if we go to the first one, generations, um, uh, two point uh, three nine to one, Dolby Vision HDR ten, um, really really nice looking, really good looking, fabulous detail throughout. There's a very nice grain structure all throughout, so we know it's not being DNR'd. There's great detail there. Um, the Dolby Vision on it gives very, very nice colouring to it, and particularly um, uh, that when the the Enterprise the crash sequence and that beautiful model that looks absolutely spectacular, absolutely brilliant. Very, very yeah. pleased with that. Um, you just mentioned First Contact. Uh, that that too is uh, two point three nine to one Dolby Vision HDR. Again, beautiful detail, and there's some magnificent shots here. The, 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 the three shots that most people talk about is the first opening pullback from Picard's eye when it comes back mm. to see the Borg cube. That looks sensational, absolutely sensational. The next one is when the, the Borg queen comes down and goes into her body. That's okay. Um, the, 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 the CG there works pretty well, actually, so it's, it, it looks good. And the other, the other one is the, um, the walk towards the... Uh, deflector shield on the outside of the ship and the pullback and the look of the look of the planet there that's that's another it looks spectacular absolutely spectacular when you go down to earth um you've got the the foliage the trees the grass the dirt the 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 town there it all looks amazing the coloring looks brilliant the the darkness that you get in the enterprise when the ball take over it looks brilliant much much better than it's ever looked before fabulous absolutely fabulous very impressive I didn't mention the sound on generations. Um, in fact, all the all the discs now have a. They don't have any uh, Dolby Atmos, which is a shame, but they do have a True HD seven point one track. Now that is two more speakers than the Blu-ray set had, because they were two five whole one. ones, two whole new speakers right at the back. Um, <laughs> Um, but it's based off the same mix, uh, essentially, um, and they're all very, very good. They're all very good. Um, Gen- um, Generations is is probably of of all of them. Generations is probably the worst one. Um, it's a little bit, say, worst. It's uh, much more front heavy than it is a, a surround experience. Unlike First Contact, which is an extravaganza, it's fantastic. Really, really good surround aspect um, of that one. We'll go to. Uh, insurrection insurrection next now insurrection what do we think of insurrection i think like it or do we yeah i think it is good i'm gonna just go off on one slightly i know that it's kind of it's not the underdog of the tng movies obviously that's nemesis but 
it's I think it's downplayed quite a lot. But I think if you look at First Contact and Insurrection as as a pair, I think they like fully capture what people loved about mm-hmm. TNG when it was on the first time. It's 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 a really nice pairing of films where if somebody asked you like, what's TNG like? You could say, watch these two movies. It's sometimes like that, but it's usually like that. And that's why that's kind of like why I like them together. You've got you've got the bombastic, um, exciting, action-oriented, sort of nonsensical stuff of first contact, which is I think almost universally loved. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the the slightly more um thematically involved mm. more conceptual less exciting much slower insurrection um but both of them work like a tng two-parter mm-hmm. from from the early 90s like it's just that one of them is a mid-season two-parter and one of them is a between season two-parter you know it's yeah yeah that's, it's that's why i like it anyway Good. Good. Oh, no, I'm, I, I'm I, glad you said that. I, I, I like it as well, uh, and for exactly the same reasons. But also, it's worth it anyway, just to set up that brilliant quip from Captain Shaw in the last in the last episode of Picard. Because uh, what what was it? He, he had a he was ribbing Picard about his flagrant disregard for the uh, the Prime Directive, uh, and it was something like, well, I wasn't the one that, that broke the Prime Directive so I could get off with an alien vill- villager or something. <laughs> just a little throwaway line that just had me in stitches. So Insurrection is worth it just for that gag in Picard. Absolutely. Um, you've both uh, echoed my own feelings of it. It is um, generally thought of as, as an underdog, um, or as a poor man's uh, TV film um but the the what what is i find so uh engaging about it is the ethical dilemma and the the uh, the way that the crew and the audience get behind picard because the series was about his um his leadership and his absolute pure paragon of virtue ethics he was right and he was starfleet that he stood for what was right and he did in that film he didn't in any of the other films and he but he did during the series and that's why i like it he is a very very strong powerful leader and that's why that film is so good um they do work good as a pair and i would put them on par with each other first contact and insurrection i think they are as good as each other but for different reasons one is the is the 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 pure action shoot 'em up. You've got the ball back, obviously. There's a you know the the history of Star Trek itself is in is in mortal danger if they if they if they can't get the warp flight going. Whereas the other one, you're talking about um, moving um, forcibly removing people from their planet to somewhere else. It's it's very very different type stories, but just as good. And I really really like it. And I and in, in the written review, I'll go into a little bit about why I think it's it's as good. Um, so there we go. I'm very nice. pleased that you two are mm, on board no, with that. Fan. Excellent. So the picture 2.35 to 1 Dolby Vision HDR. Um, again, it's been treated extremely well. Detail is fantastic throughout. There's a there's a um, a lot of um, location stuff in this one. Um, the 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 valleys and and the uh, the the lake with the mountains in the background. It just looks brilliant. The the briar patch looks awesome um, with the in the HDR with all the the sparks and the flash going. The phases look brilliant. The starships look great because they're all CG this time. There's there's no mm. model work in this one as there was in in First Contact. So they look very good. The only bit of ropey 3D I thought was the the collecting 
tall thing when it's flappy wings come out that looks a little bit dodgy um but other than that the rest of it looks great um again very very nice grain structure very very good coloring um top-notch picture very very good Superb. and then we come to the dog's dinner which is the last one what a shame it's a shame it's basically it's unwatchable isn't it yeah. <laughs> well okay so it's not that well, see, the thing is, it's it's like like a lot of the modern Trek. It's not a Star Trek film. You you could take the Star Trek name away, and you've got a good science fiction film, and that's really the only way to view it. Um, it's a bit of a shame. Um, it's easily second or third worst Star Trek movie. Easily. Do you, do you know what though? Just lose the stupid ass beach buggies. Lose them. Huh? Oh yeah, that instantly better. Yeah, instantly a point Instantly higher. better. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I agree. Um, yeah, the the yeah the studio mandated director that was put in charge, uh, Stuart Baird. Stuart Baird. Well, he was an editor, isn't he? By yeah, he, he didn't. He famously says, "I don't know anything about Star Trek. I'm not interested in it. I don't like having to work with with this team of people who all know each other. That and there's a an established history." Um, you know the the Ryan Johnson of the Star Trek. He come along and wanted to do his own thing, and he almost got away with it. Just an, he's just kind of ruined was, was it. That a was, the Last Jedi. I was about to leap to the defense of oh, Ryan Johnson. It's yeah. more, it's more like J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams said exactly the same thing mm. that he was not a Star Trek fan, and uh, that kind yeah, of shows. Yeah, but that that was just a flex so we could get get Star Wars. That's all. Yeah. That was. Yeah, well, look, look, I, I like Tom Hardy. I like the Tom Hardy, Patrick Stewart through line in that. Nope. And I like Tom Hardy in it. I don't think he's nope. very good in it. It's not very well, good. Well, Yabu sucks to you. <laughs> he is like, you can't look at Tom Hardy and go, oh, yeah, he's going to be Patrick Stewart in it. No, no. <laughs> They when they bounce off each other, I just don't, I didn't feel the, 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 the energy, the hatred, the 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 chemistry between them. Um, you th think of uh, in first contact when you've got Lillian Picard do doing that shouting match in the, in the back there. How excellent! How well written it is! How how intense that scene is! That's the kind of chemistry intensity you needed between these two, the younger and the old. And it just it didn't really work. It just didn't wasn't really there. Even the know. even the Picard TV show, which seems intent on referencing as much of the TNG movies as it possibly can. I don't want to go into too many spoilers, but uh, Data, Law, and B4 are mentioned. Uh -huh. uh, but, like, Data and Law, but there's some history there, and, <laughs> and we get and we get some plot off the back of it. And it's like, oh, also B4 as well. Remember B4? Not, not, really, <laughs> not really. It doesn't matter. He's not involved. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, um, very much the run, particularly of the of the four films. If you take you know the the ten films as a whole, it's still you know pretty. Uh, it's, pretty it's low. It's lower T. Yeah, but, but I I will gladly watch it. Oh, it's it's not it. it's not as good as Star Trek Five. <laughs> now, now there's a debate to fill an hour. It's not as fun. It's not as enjoyable. It's a slog. Star Trek. I mean, Star Trek Five is kind of a slog, but at least. <laughs> At least it's goofy in a Star Trek way, whereas Nemesis is goofy in like a the wrong way. Yeah, it, it's the wrong it's way. Like... They, they'd make a lot of very very poor um, decisions in it. Yeah, very very poor decisions. Um, 
but uh, at least it looks good. Yeah. Uh, two <laughs> three, five to one Dolby Vision uh, HDR ten, um, and it looks very very good. Um, um, latest film stock, very um, a nice grain structure. Blacks are superb, absolutely superb. Because there's a lot of it's a very very dark film. This one, you know, he wanted to make it look different to Star Trek, and you know. And it seems that everyone has followed on from his look of the Enterprise, his look of Shinzon's ship, the scimitar, how black it is, and that, you know the very bright lights in the background. So it looks amazing. Um, yeah, very, very, very pleased with the look. Um, Dolby Vision gives it some really intense colouring, except for that June buggy thing. Um, <laughs> I did check the Blu-ray against it, actually. Instantly, the, the Blu-rays are the updated versions. So, so on, the, on the new versions, you've got the updated you know the new scans, right. so they're not the old scans. So that's Result. so that at least is something. Um, yeah, the 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 it was heavily filtered to to look like some alien planet, wasn't it? This this yeah. June buggy thing, um, and the HDR seems to really blow it out. There's uh, the, the highlights on it. It was always um, it was always very very bright, but the the intensity seemed just a I don't know just. A, tweak too high to my liking you tend to start losing the detail again i swapped it for the blu-ray put them together there is a bit of detail missing on the blu-ray but it seems to be more missing on the 4k i think the the, the intensity of the hdr in in the in the bright highlights when it's particularly when the ship's coming down to land and the dune buggy jumps out and the flashes it's just a, you know just a little bit too much i think but so, other than that again we know that bit don't we well for a bit the, of go on mark i was just say the moral of the story there is you can't polish a turd yeah <laughs> yeah i was just going to say for a bit of heresy that that sounds like a similar problem to the one that i had with the arrow pitch black i also found that the having having enjoyed the stylization of the the yellow and blue um when i when i watched it I think I upgraded straight from DVD to 4K. So, <laughs> but but it felt it felt like they'd over overdone it in terms yeah. of the, the the color saturation, just because it's like you you remember nits. the look of it. Yeah, nits, yeah. More nits. Give it the nits. Give <laughs> give your nits a workout. And yeah, so. I, I don't get me wrong. I still mm. thought that the Arrow Pitch Black 4K was was awesome, and it looks amazing. But yeah, if I had to nitpick one thing, it was that the, the alien color filtering was just a little bit out of whack for me. And it sounds like that's what you're saying about Nemesis as yeah, well, which is yeah. Uh, but only, only in that scene. The rest of it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. Let's go back to the sound. The um. The sound on Insurrection again. To uh, Dolby. Uh. Dolby 8 True HD 7.1, um, a much quieter track, quieter and it's not as bombastic compared to the films either side of it, which are action orientated. This is a much quieter film. Um, that's not to say it's not as good because it's very natural, it's very good surround environment, but it's just you don't ex expect very much punch from that. But I found it a very, very good track. The Nemesis track is stonking absolutely stonking um tremendous bass there's um when when the scimitar first turns up um and slows down in front of uh the enterprise out on up just outside of remus there's a fantastic bass drop goes really really low um i enjoyed that very much and lots of explosions when the two ships hit each other lots of cracks and rumbles and brilliance loads of surround stuff that's a very very good track um all the extras on the set all present and correct. Everything that was ever been released before is all there. Um, nothing new. 
unfortunately. Well, nothing new, but th there is something missing, which is that in the... Um, you showed the TNG Blu-ray set. I did. You have there is... this Evolutions. I can whip it out. Uh, That's right. This and... Evolutions uh, set here, which yes. is a dedicated Blu-ray of extras. This is not replicated in this set. And anyway. not only that, but it also in the combined Blu-ray set that they released, the Stardate collection, which had all 10 movies, there was an additional DVD um, called The Captain's Summit, which was just oh, yeah. a, a round table yeah, yeah, four between yeah. the Star Trek captains. And I really enjoyed watching that. And I was, I mean, I've still got it, so I can watch it if I want to, but that's not in either of the sets, which is kind of a shame. They've got to save something for the inevitable upcoming 10 film set, Tom. Come on. I'm so foolish. You're absolutely right. <laughs> we know it's coming. Yeah. And we'll probably buy it again. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, Simon. That was that was a, a fully comprehensive uh, look Appet at, th at the new appetite set. Appetite wetted, man. Yeah. I'm going to go and watch one tonight. Can't yeah, I it. had an absolute blast revisiting revisiting yeah. first contact. Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, it's it's it it is a great set. I mean, it's worth buying literally because the pictures are so much better. Um, the extra two speakers on the sound per film, you can argue that makes a difference. The extras themselves are exactly the same, so that isn't in itself isn't a, an upgrade at all. But the mm. pictures are worth it. They are Brilliant. superb. So so far better than the, the original Blu-rays that they were on. So it's, much better. It's good because it doesn't have the USP that the that the original. Um, six film set have of the including the the directors the new directors cut of mm. um the motion picture um so it kind of you've you've kind of got to really want it in order or the impression was that you had to kind of want it in order to buy it but actually if it's a that that kind of improvement on the blu-rays then then it's worth it mm -hmm. for sure Definitely. So, can we talk about this one now? No. I, do you know what? We'll save that for next time, Simon. <laughs> okay. Let's let's table that one for later, uh, because we've not got all the time in the world, and I really don't want to alienate everyone who hates Star Trek. Although, to be honest, <laughs> you've Both gone already. You've... <laughs> yeah. We we do need to talk about Picard a little bit. I'm really sorry, but if you don't like Star Trek, then. I I can't do anything for you. Um, <laughs> there's this isn't the place for you. I'm really sorry. Uh, go and find another podcast about people who hate Star Trek. Yes, please. Anyway, <laughs> don't don't find another podcast. Stay here. <laughs> Stay with us. Stay here because we've got Mark's um, review of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh, yes. just gone live on the site uh, yesterday. Was it today? Uh, yeah, uh, today yes. I think today. Oh, I can't remember. No, maybe one of the, one of the days of this month. <laughs> a day ending in Y. And um, anyway, um, the second sight, second sight. Oh my goodness, how how gifted are we to have them as a as a mm -hmm. ongoing boutique label at the moment? Boy, <laughs> oh boy. Ooh. Tell us about the restoration that they've done on on the Texas Chainsaw Ooh. Massacre, Mark. So the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I won't bother about the film. Apparently. Uh, my my one comment about slight pacing issues and the score of nine out of ten apparently renders me any other opinion I may have invalid, uh, according to lots of that there internet play. So we won't talk about the film. Uh, what we will talk about is the set. Now, in terms of starting with the the, the film disc itself, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre has had a 4K release elsewhere. 
Turbine in Germany have released it. I think it was towards the back end of last year. Now, in terms of comparison to this release, uh, Second Sight have used the same source, the same 4K restoration that was done, I believe, in 2016 by the rights holder that was used for the Turbine release. However, the Turbine release literally just took that restoration and stuck it on the disc. Second Sight have taken it, and as described in their marketing materials, they have done additional restoration work. Now, Christ knows what that is. It, who knows? Uh, but they have done additional work to it. So I think someone to put in the thread, if you've got the turbine edition, is this going to look any different? I think the answer is yes, it will. But I've not seen the turbine edition until it starts to get out into the wild. And of course, this isn't released until a week today, until people who have both have seen both or sites like Capsaholic start to put caps up of both. We won't know the extent of the difference. However, back to the second site release. We've seen and we've probably been spoiled a little bit with some really good 16 millimeter 4K releases. Dog Soldiers. Stop, 10 out of 10. Uh, Dog Soldiers, absolutely. We could, uh, you know, head over to Arrow. You know, mm -hmm. they've done Henry Portrait the Serial Killer. They've done The Hills Have Eyes. Uh, you know, we know actually that 16 millimeter can look really good. Absolutely. However, I've never seen 16 millimeter look as good as this uh, film does. It is stunning what they can get out of a 16 millimeter source material these days uh you know the the it's a native 4k it's got both flavors of hdr on there it's theatrically accurate aspect ratio 1.85 to 1 in essence there is a there's probably a 10 minute slice of the film slap bang in the middle of it as the kids are wandering up to the Sawyer house you know the sun is starting to set you've got that glorious afternoon sky and in a, in the space of about 10 minutes you've got scenes that pretty much sum up perfectly how good this restoration is you know in terms of fine detail you've got a scene with one of the kids peering through the gauze uh, of the screen door and you can pick out the detail in each individual slat or or square in this gauze is unbelievable you know you've got kids walking past uh Diesel engines that are, I mean, I'm talking the brightest red you've probably ever seen. The primary colours leap off the screen. Uh, but it also uh, deals with skin tones absolutely perfectly. You know, there's a scene where uh, I think it's Kim gets off the uh, swing seat in the garden as she walks up to the house. And you can see the, the sweat glisten, the different shades. You can even see the little slap marks on the back of the thighs where where the, the, the seat has, has made an imprint. You know, you, you've got all that sort of complexity of the skin tones. But then sort of even the HDR gets its its own time to shine. You know, as I think it it's, is it Kirk? He's walking up to the house. And as he's walking, the, the, the branches of the tree sort of flash in front of the sun. And so you go from bright, intense sunshine, plunged instantly back into shadow and back again really quickly. But the, the, the picture just keeps up in terms of those changes of brightness, contrast and colour. It's absolutely amazing. It isn't perfect. As night sets and we've got uh, Sally and her brother sort of hanging around the truck, waiting for the friends to come back, 
there's there's a scene where there's some some damage some dust and debris is is still very noticeable in a shot of the moon uh as the van leaves the gas station on the way up to the house halfway through the first act there's some really faint vertical lines that are really apparent in the sky so there's a little bit of very very low level uh print damage i know we were chastised for calling it print damage because it's it's not damage to the print but that's the nomenclature uh so it's not exactly perfect but my word it looks absolutely amazing and it is without a doubt i haven't seen the turbine edition but i cannot imagine it looking as good as this it's beautiful uh however i was kind of expecting that what i wasn't expecting was the new atmos track <laughs> now, yeah you know like everyone did it was a mono source and suddenly you've got 11 speakers now coming off a mono and you just go, well, this can't be right. And so I just ignored it. Purist went straight for the, the, the mono track to begin with. And yep, the mono was, was clean. It was crisp. It had decent fidelity. And, you know, uh, over the opening credits, you've got that, that really alien sound, those sound effects of like the flash bulb going in the kind of, I wouldn't do, you know, but, but you know what I mean? And at that point, I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm just, I'll just humour the Atmos track for the review, and I put it on, and I didn't turn it off. Honestly, what what it did? The strange thing about about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is this, is this: the score always sounded completely disconnected to everything else. There's nothing atmospheric. There's nothing organic sounding about it. It sounded like it was not part of this thing, and that added to part of the really grimy and grotty atmosphere of all what it means is when you can spread that sort of dissonant atonal sound across all the speakers it works because it, it doesn't sound as forced as other you know more orchestral more traditional kind of musical tracks have done but not just that it even had some fun with some of the sound effects as well. We got some great overhead sounds, you know, when uh, the hitchhiker goes upstairs to go and bring grandpa down for dinner. Whoa, he's running around outside. Yeah. You know, the, the first time uh, when Leatherface starts chasing Sally, you know, you talk about a bass drop. There are some insane bass drops on this, which obviously weren't there. have been completely added in and you could argue have no place in it, but it's all kinds of hella fun. Uh <laughs> And there was just a couple of instances where there were there was some strange, you know, there's there's got to be some some side effects of basically splitting a single track into all these different speakers. There was a couple of instances where some of the vocals, some of the sound effects had a strange echo to them, which you thought, hey, up, someone's not tweaked the knob in the in the sound mixer there. Uh, but they were they were literally blinking, you'll miss some kind of things. But overall, I, I was incredibly impressed with the Atmos track on this. So for anyone who gets it and goes, I'm not going to give that a go, give it a go. Uh, and, and then finally, finally, the extras. Now, I think what's what's so amazing here is to, to cut a long story short, you have five audio commentaries, five audio commentaries. You have three feature length making ofs, one of which is brand new. Uh, and then if you add up all the other bits and pieces, uh, interviews, uh, a TV show episode, Horace Hallard Ground, uh, you know, you've got uh, interviews with 
Hooper and Henkel and and one of the actresses and 25 minutes deleted scenes. If you add up all that, you've still got at least another three hours worth of stuff on top of those three feature length making ofs. It is insane how much stuff is in here. Obviously, there's a little bit of overlap, but what's really good about the new the brand the brand new making of is it's basically it's an appreciation of the film by filmmakers, writers, and academics. It isn't repeating the making of stories we've heard all those and there's plenty of them elsewhere on the disc but it's a really fun listen to people you know fawning over the film explaining how it influenced their careers you know you've got the likes of mick garris in there you've got fede alvarez uh you've, you've got a whole host of people in there and it's just a really lovely listen but it gives you that contextual view of the film that's so often making if you want to focus just on well, on this day, we went to this place and we shot this and someone fell over and it was really funny. And then the film came out. Thank you. You know, so, you know, in terms of the the on-disc extras, it, it, it's probably the, the, the most stacked set we are going to get this year for a single film. It's immense. And that is, of course, all the other stuff that comes with it, which we haven't got yet because I've only got the check disc. Mm. But the 190-page book in it which i can't wait to tuck into as well you know and, and tom your favorite there's potentially nine art cards well there's three extras if you pre-ordered yes. it yes yeah. so, More so art cards i know we we know you're a fan of art cards so to cut a long story short if there is a better release than this at the end of this year i will be amazed it is a stunning set i think this outdoes their dawn of the dead set if I'm honest. Wow. Uh, and that's saying something. So if you mm. have not ordered this, get on it. Now, the one good thing about Second Sight is they're standard editions. You only miss the, you only lose the off-disc extras. All that stuff we've talked about, the five audio commentaries, all those features, they're all on the standard edition. If you can't get hold of the, the limited edition, make sure you get hold of that because this is going to be the release of the year. Well, I mean... Alongside that, uh, they're also releasing their version of uh, their restoration of Picnic at Hanging Rock, uh, which I think you're looking at for for next for this month, I, right? I, I am. Yes, I have the check discs, but I've not tucked into them yet. And also coming out, one of my personal favourites, uh, George C. Scott in the Changeling, mm. is their is their next release. Boy, oh boy, is that my one one of my favorite haunted house movies. I mean, if you if you think about Second Sight, now they may only be doing one 4K release a month. But I, I mean, my word, March we had we haven't even talked about Martin. Uh, mm -hmm. now I another astounding release. It fascinating history on the making of that film. I didn't even know that you could make a film without a negative until I started researching Martin. Uh, absolutely fascinating. And again, another brilliant release. But you had Martin in March. You've got Texas Chainsaw in April. You've got Picnic in May. In June, I th is, is, is that when we've got uh, The Changeling? I think it's June 10th, but I, I so, wouldn't stake my life so on it. In June. And then we know what's going to come at the end of the year, which is The Hitcher. <laughs> I mean... I mean, we should all get down on the ground and worship at the feet of Second Sight, quite frankly, because they are doing the Lord's work. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be amazing. An God amazing bless. year for that for them. And mm. uh 
long may they continue in in their endeavor to to bring this stuff Definitely. right bang up to date um yeah I can't can't wait for my copy of texas chainsaw um it was You're gonna love it it's next week isn't it yeah yep. instant Today. instant buy as soon as i saw it was coming uh we are fast approaching um I was going to say the end of time, which is probably <laughs> true. But what, what I mean is in. the end of our time <laughs> on the podcast. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, I, I, we know we know that Simon loves his Doctor Who's, and um, we'll just take that as read that it's good. So thank you for that, Simon. Thank you for that okay. review. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, coming up um, to look forward to this month. Is, not this month, but this year yeah. is loads and loads oh, of stuff. They're, they're um, coming thick and fast, man. They really are. Not not just the second site releases that we've talked about, mm. but um, uh, another another favoured label over here with uh, Arrow and their release of um, their 4K version of The Lighthouse, which is maybe my favourite movie of, was it 2019? Like... I loved that movie so much, so much so that I already bought the A24 4K release oh. of it. So, oh bless you! Uh, <laughs> and um, but it that you know the Arrow one may have more extras on it, but the A24 release of it mm. has the pattern for Robert Pattinson's jumper in it. <laughs> so there's that. Um, that's that's a dark trip into Tom's mind. Right? <laughs> so so our, our, our cards are so last year. This year it's knitting patterns. That's what you want in your limited editions. Absolutely. Um, and and uh, a reproduction of of Willem Dafoe's Hark Triton speech. You've you've still not seen this movie, have you, Mark? No, I haven't. Oh my haven't. goodness! Just I, there's other stuff to watch. I'll no. get round to it. It's brills. It's so good. I'm it's sure so it good. Is. I'm sure it is. Um, and a whole host of other things. The the usual um, cinema to um, physical releases. We we will be covering mm. all of them. Um, Creed, Cabin in the Woods avatar as soon as somebody decides that it's good enough to go on a disc um yeah that it, it will be coming up at some point so so watch this space definitely well i will say uh we only have a couple of minutes left so it, in as few words as possible picard season three simon it started off very good it continued quite well and now it's teetering on the edge the edge of what edge being, of the abyss yeah being god awful i think <laughs> it's too far oh i don't know i think you've been very cynical well i'm late i've been burnt a lot in the past come on mark set us straight why why is it so great uh, i mean what what's i mean I've, I've been trying to think about why i have been enjoying Picard season three and why in fact it appears that the world has lost its collective mind over it because it is getting unanimous praise from hardcore TNG fans alike and the only thing that I can think of aside from I mean the fan service is all great let's be honest they know how to do the fan service you know every single episode there's there's something else which you know 
just just a, a little bit off to either side of what they've done and you'd be going oh man that's terrible but they are nailing it you know there was a there was a certain guest star from voyager who cropped up in the opening few minutes of last week's episode i'm just sat there going no that no mug no yes. mug. that was garbage yes that was no it wasn't that was no, awful wasn't. and 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 if janeway is not in this i will riot god damn it i tell you i will riot. but so apart from the fact they are getting the fan service it seems like they have they have finally embraced you know do you know what people like that next generation stuff we did why, why don't we just do, do some of that stuff bring some mm. of those guys you know just exactly as they were get them to do the same old stuff but they're nailing that but i think what's so good about this is it is a a laser focused narrow story that is almost forcing everyone down its corridors there's almost no fat on and the, the 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 plot get, get off with you Tom. <laughs> I, w- I want to watch the show that mark's watching <laughs> come on there, but there isn't i mean i mean for me anyway I, 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 for me there is and, and what it is doing is because it is so narrow a focus it is almost distilling the essence of the characters it's forcing the characters you know you look at the individual episodes you could argue that there's not a lot actually happening in some of the later episodes not really a <laughs> and lot. yet there is not a moment of fat on it <laughs> no because because what they're doing is they're they're forcing all that character stuff in and it's the character stuff that is filling so you come away after 50 minutes and go do you know what if i actually think about the plot that's happened it's not but oh my god there was this and when they that character said that and when that character did that and and it it, for me, they've got that absolute perfect mix of an interesting story that is getting out of the way of the characters. And that is what I wanted from Picard. We watch Picard for the classic characters and we want to see them being those characters. And that is what we are getting. And I'm loving it. Loving it. That's good, Mark. I'm really glad. I'm I'm really glad that you don't think it's tipped way too far into fan service. <laughs> no, I want more. I'll get off. I want more. <laughs> Straight to my eyeballs. There can't, there can't possibly be <laughs> any more. Oh, like, oh, come on. Come on. But, you know that they're saving the DS9 cameos for like the, the last, ultimate episode. You know that's coming. The, the last two episodes have been almost pure fan service. Yeah. Like, and and yeah, I'm I'm with Simon. I'm 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 I was on board after like two or three episodes, and, and now I'm a bit like they could have probably done with not all of this stuff. Because <laughs> oh, you you hate joy. I you hate, hate joy. Famously. <laughs> on, on that note. On that note. Um we will be back in a number of weeks. I I will not confirm how many weeks because we're we're taking a Several. break. Yeah, we are. We are. The podcast is taking a break. With there, there will be, I believe, no podcast next week because of the Easter's. Um, but when we do come back, uh, we'll take a proper look at another set of well-loved films: Superman <laughs> one and two, plus a, <laughs> plus a couple of others. Um, Am I going to have to apologise for Superman three on that one? Right, bring it, bring it. <laughs> And um, we also have the Musketeer movies in 4K. Cannot wait. wait. Love those movies. Um, 
so join us next time when when we get when we get to those things because we will get to those things and if you haven't enjoyed us rattling on about star trek for almost an entire hour tough luck so uh that for this evening is it for the av forums movies podcast so thank you very much for joining me simon thank you very much tom mark has been superb and next time yeah (laughs) Cheers, it it, it's been emotional. Keep it up, Mark. We we need we need the positivity. <laughs> Joy. <laughs> if you enjoyed listening to us, which why would you? But if you did, <laughs> please like and subscribe. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, and do all of the YouTube things because all of the YouTube things are good for us. And if you like us, you will do them. Uh, you can follow us on the Twitters, the Facebooks. And just on the internet, uh, avforums.com, and you will find out all about what we think about lots of different things if you go to the website and read the words about what we think about lots of different things. Five-star review on the podcast app that you are currently listening to us on right now as you are listening. Do it. Five stars immediately. I have been Tom Davis. Thank you very much for putting up with us for the last hour. And please come back when we talk about things that are not Star Trek next time. Good night, everyone. (laughs) Cheers, all.